0: Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. It's
1: time to turn the page at Harvest. We need to turn the page on a few things at Harvest. Uh, Mark Crawford, uh, my Australian Tasmanian prophet, apostolic guy, he's a great friend of mine. Um, we were talking on Tuesday on our on our joint podcast that we do. It's called Insight Now, and um, he was talking about this word that he got from the Lord early in the morning. He got this word called "turn the corner." Just that was it. It's time to turn the corner. And he's like, there was some weight on it, and he's praying into it. And a friend later that day, a prophetic friend, calls him and says, Hey, Mark, God's just telling me that it's time for you to turn the corner. It's time for you to turn the corner. He's like, I'm paying attention. Well, in that, uh, we began talking about that. And for my friend Peter DeWitt in Columbus and myself and, and Mark, we, we just felt God's weight on the concept of it's time to turn the corner. So what happens when you turn a corner? If you're racing, like my wife does, you got to hit the brakes. She says, yes, I bought a turbo. Okay, so you hit the brakes on the way into the turn. Race car drivers will go from 210 miles an hour to 57 miles an hour in less than two seconds. The minute that they hit the turn, they get the grip, and then what do they do once they have the grip? Accelerate. Accelerate. They hit the gas, right? Come on, let's go. I like, let's go, right? A couple of years ago, the Lord put the brakes on harvest. Put the brakes on here. In fact, the brakes started being pushed before Meek and I stepped back for an extended period of time. During that season, when the brakes are being pushed, it's hard to know where we're going and what's happening and what's going on. And I am beyond blessed for the man of God that Jim Kubiak is, who managed and navigated the brakes and did not run it into a ditch, didn't end up in a cornfield somewhere, but instead, didn't roll it. (laughs) He just was steady. Can we just honor him right now? Thank you, Jim. He hit the brakes. While the brakes are going on, he managed, navigated, took great care of the hearts here. Yeah. Would somebody say amen to that? Yeah. You know, because as a family, our hearts are most important thing. Yeah. You know, people sometimes wonder about our amazing nine-year-old and her attitude. Because she can get sassy with us and sometimes with others. I don't know if anybody noticed. Yeah. Well... Our priority isn't her behavior, it's our connection. Sorry that messes with you. But the priority is our connection with her because out of that connection, her behaviors will come. And so when we see things that are off, we correct, but we do it to guard the connection more than anything else. And that's the lesson that Mika and I both have had to dive in together and learn how to do together. Okay? The, The priority... Is connection with all of our children above their behavior. Now, she's got to learn some things. She's only nine. She's gonna learn them. Okay. So I just use that as a very personal example of the fact that sometimes when when things, best way I could put it, there are moments where it looks like it doesn't make sense to us what God's doing. And we have to connect with the Lord. So when the brakes are put on, what's it, what should it do? It should dive us into deeper intimacy with the Father. And I think that's one of the great fruits that came out of the brakes is intimacy. Part of that is that's just what's on Jim's life, right? And whoever's leading the movement, whoever's leading a thing, their anointing just flows, Right? So he has an anointing for intimacy, and that was that's just where we where we where we came into, right? And then when I came back, the Lord told, gave me some instructions to don't don't plow, don't do a lot, just build relationships, keep the vision in front of you. Um, but it was just time to listen and time to connect and and do that. I got a phone call from a friend of mine, a mentor. Um, who called me and he says, hey, you know those things that the Lord asked you to do when you started? He's like, I think that milk expired. Like, it's time to get moving. And I'm like, okay, you know, so I'm just waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. And um, one of the things that the Lord had to do in order for us to be able to um, go into the turn, like, okay, so we're going to take our foot off the brakes and we're going to... Yeah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> so we're gonna take our foot off the brake and what we're gonna do is feel the turn right now so we're in the process as a church community of feeling God's turning us he's moving something he's moving some things into a new direction so if you're staring in the rear view mirror in the next season it will all look funny because you turned a corner and you didn't know it you're on a new road. Yeah. Okay, so can we, can we just let the past rest? Yeah. Because where we're going is not where we have been. Yeah. Amen? So with that, um, God wants to turn the page on a few things here. Uh, I'm going to make three statements. And I, I was very hesitant to preach this sermon today. The Lord woke me, well, I stayed awake after waking up with our puppy Thursday night, 12.30. And then again, he needed to go again at 1, and then again at 1.30. He was being very special. Um, And at 2.30, I'm laying in bed wide awake. Like, I cannot go back to sleep, and the Lord's chewing on me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm chewing on things with God, and... We're talking, and he's like, Chris, why don't you get your journal out? I got some things I want to share with you. And I said, but God, I'm in bed, and that's in the other room. <laughs> okay, like, let's be real. Like, I'm like, do I really? No, because if I get up, I'm going to be up for a while. And he's like, well, here I am. I'm like, all right, fine, I'll get up. So I get up, and, um, and the Lord begins to download some things for me, for me. And um, in that process, um, I... I it scared, what I was writing scared me a little bit. And what scared me about it was that I knew that it would actually probably offend people in here. And the Lord said, didn't I remove the fear of man off of you? Didn't I do that? And I said, yeah, but I could just preach mission and vision and we need to reorient around our values and our culture. And, and so I prepared that. Instead, and I was ready to preach that this morning. Um, And as I'm praying, as I do every Sunday, first thing I do, God, what do you want to say today? Right, because you got to check in. My best preparation is worthless if he's wanting to do something different. I'm always blessed by the prep, but you know, it's like, if it's not what he wants to say today, he says, Chris, what day is it? That's last Sunday. (gasps) it's Halloween. He says, Chris, that message that I gave you Thursday, I need you to preach that today because we're going to go to war with rebellion in the region. (laughs) Ah. I text my wife. She's asleep. I'm like, you need to pray for me the minute that you wake up. So I get in the car, and I'm like, like, okay, Lord, is this really? Is this really? Like, okay, I'm going I'm to throw some immediate fleeces before you, God, because I got to know. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to some music. So on my Amazon Music app, I can hit my soundtrack, which is like songs that I like, okay? Like a bunch of worship songs, some secular stuff, things that I enjoy. And so I... Click my soundtrack, and Kanye West comes on. His song, Closed on Sunday, comes on. If you know this song, the song is about Chick-fil-A. Closed on Sunday, you're my Chick-fil-A, you're my number one with the lemonade. That's how he starts the song. Okay, you're like, okay, what are we talking about? It's all about spiritual warfare. And he talks about... Protect your daughters. Train your sons in the faith so that when they're tempted, they're wide awake; they're not asleep when they experience temptation. Ground your family in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's Kanye. Didn't know if you guys knew that he's like a believer. Might mess with you a little bit. He he says, you know, get your hands off my family, devil. Get your hands off my family. Jezebel, you don't even stand a chance. And I was like, Oh, I guess I need to preach on rebellion. Okay. So that was the last confirmation that I needed uh, from the Lord. And and my wife, of course, is a great encouragement. In fact, I grabbed a couple of our people and just said, Can you pray for me this morning? Um, The reason why I figure transparency is good. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a real person dealing with real things. And I figure I just let you know where I'm at. And just so that you know, everything that I'm saying today is because I love you. Everything that comes out of my mouth is because I believe in you. I I believe that God wants our church to break strongholds in this region. And if we are not willing to do the work internally, it ain't going to happen out there. If we're not willing to be transformed, we can't transform the world. Transformation begins in me. It begins in me. It begins in us. So, are you willing to be transformed today? Yesterday, we had a little freedom encounter. We had about 20-some people show up, and we went through and cleaned out some strongholds and lenses and issues with our parents and, and different doors that have been opened up for the devil to mess with us. It was, it was good. So I already know the pot's stirred, right? I already know a lot of people are like, oh, man, I got to deal with some things and Jesus help. And so... Let's learn how to do that. I'm going to read three statements to you that the Lord gave me. And uh, number one, God has established this house to do mighty things under his might and authority. Yeah, yeah. God is longing to find a people of such great faith that they will lay down, lay down their lives for the kingdom. Yeah. Such great faith that they will lay down their lives for the kingdom. God wants us all to operate in the levels of authority that He has delegated to us. It's time to turn the corner. The brakes are off. We are in the turn. Sometime soon, I don't know when, there will be an acceleration. It took two years to hit the brakes, guys. I don't know how long this turn's going to be, but the turn's usually a lot shorter than the brake. The kingdom of God is relational. Unlike the different parts of the body, we all have a part to play. If you're committed to harvest as a member of the family, a partner in ministry, then I encourage you not to forget that the kingdom is about people. The kingdom of God is also about exchange. We know that with Christ, he takes our sin and shame and exchanges it for righteousness and glory. As a people, we want to have life exchange, open hands, open hearts, willing spirits to walk alongside each other on this journey together. Each of us have gifts that we must hone and exercise. Each of us has have passions that we must pursue. Would you agree? We all have passions that we must pursue. Each of us has a specific area of influence that God is calling us into. Each of us have that. While we all have individual gifts, passions, and skills, we also have corporate gifts Passions and skills. Things that only we can do together. Things that only we can pursue together. Yeah. Gifts that can only be released together. Amen. It's a both and. Yes. The enemy wants you so focused on yourself that you can't achieve anything corporately. Right? So how do we do this? How do we pursue all of these thing, All of these th- Hang on, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hang on, one second. That feels better. All right, how how do we do this? How do we pursue all of these things together individually and corporately? Number one, we must be submitted to the Father. We must be submitted to the Father. Radical obedience is selfless, humbling, and at times it is frustrating. God wants your ambition, He wants your striving. He wants that place where you're trying to find identity in your ministry, in what you do. He wants that place. I know people who can't figure out their ministry for decades because they're striving, thinks that that's where they're going to get their value from. And whenever that's part of ourselves and we're pursuing identity from our ministry or a title or a role, God wants it. He wants you. So when we when we struggle with having value outside of our call, outside of our ministry, it's because we have not fully embraced who God says we are. Yet, your value isn't in, in what you do; it's not in who you minister to. What has God said about you? What has He said about you? What's He said about you? I'm not saying ministry isn't valuable. It's very valuable. It's great to change people's lives and to fulfill the call that God has on your life. And ultimately, people will begin to recognize you by your gift and your call. They recognize you by your gift and your call because it's just what you do. But if you're constantly striving for value in your ministry, your ministry will be amiss. Can I have a saint say amen? Thank you. He's looking for those that are willing to say, yes, Lord, no matter the cost, however humbling it may be, I'm all in. Jesus called his disciples to deny themselves daily to take up their cross and follow him. Understand that the sin of rebellion against God was Satan's downfall. Where you get your value If you get your value from what you do, it's because of unresolved pride in your heart. When Satan fell, obviously no rebellion could win against God. The issue is that he had turned the hearts of himself and the angels that went with him against God. That was the sin. When Satan comes and he tempts Eve and Adam and they fall, it was he turned their hearts from honoring and submitting to God's command and authority to rebellion. All kingdom and authority belong to God. Can we just notice the Lord Lord's prayer says, lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one? Right? Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from the evil one. Why? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Yours. Yours is. It is God's kingdom. All kingdom authority and glory belong to God and God alone. Lay your life down to his authority. Lay your life down to his authority. Jesus comes to redeem. So he comes as a infant, as a baby. And it says that he learned obedience through what? The things he suffered. In other words, submission. Submission right? He learned obedience. And in learning obedience, how did he redeem the world? The opposite of what the devil did. The devil operated in rebellion and Jesus operated in submission. Does this make sense? Jesus, of course, was willing to suffer and die. He was willing to suffer, do whatever it took. Why? Because he was going to honor God, through submission, even when he sweat drops of blood in the garden of Gethsemane, saying, God, if there be another way, no matter what, not my will, but your will be done. He submitted himself wholly to the will of the Father. That's how redemption came. In order to break rebellion off of the hearts of humanity, He came. And 1 Peter 1 says that he gave us an example that we should follow in his steps. In his steps. Your relationship with the father must be based on submission to the father. Why? Because he's a good father. Why? Because he loves you. If everything that he does is good, why do we resist it? Why do we resist what God is asking us to do when everything he does is good? When he's good. His love is bigger than our failures. His love is greater. Why in the world would we push against God when everything he does is good? We gotta fix this in our hearts. He's a good Father. His perfect love protects us. It empowers us. It provides for us. Just as Christ was submitted to the will of the Father, so too we must be submitted to the will of the Father. Do you know the Bible describes sin as lawlessness? The Bible describes sin as lawlessness our freedom that we have in Christ does not mean free for all. It means that we are free to live by faith and honor His authority in our lives. Just to repeat, the first point was we must be submitted to the Father. Second, we learn to live by faith, by obedience to authority. God reveals himself in families. Amen? Amen. He set Adam and Eve together as a family to reveal who he is to the earth, to bring order to the earth. How many of you know parents have authority? Anybody get that? Like parents have authority over their children. Am I right? You have authority. You have a level of responsibility to these that you raise up. Am I right? Okay, this basic concept. Parents have authority. More authority than government, more authority than the church. Parents have the highest authority over their children. Can I just encourage you no matter how old your kids are, why don't you pray with authority? Because you still have it, because why? You're a parent. And those of you that get that see breakthroughs in your families because you pray with authority over your children. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Meek and I refused to declare that our teens would have rebellious teenage years. Why would we do that? Oh, well, it's just a phase of teenagers. They're just rebellious. Nope, we reject that wholesale because we have authority over what goes in our kids' heads. We have authority of what it is, that, what they're gonna stand on when they're pressed, when they're tempted to be rebellious. And I'm not talking about ruling with a rod of iron. I'm talking about connection with the heart that allows them the freedom to make the right choice. Instead of feeling like they're bound and have to rebel and just in order to be themselves. It's a lie from the devil. We don't agree with it. And it's been fun to watch the fruit as adults in our children. They might have, like, you know, there might have been some wandering here and there and testing the waters as anybody does. You know, they kind of test the waters a little bit here and there. And yet, They go back to Jesus and they're rooting and grounding with the Lord. Do you want to say anything on that? No? Yeah, it's just awesome. It's awesome to see the fruit. I praise God for that. God reveals himself in families. Parents have authority. We learn to honor God's authority as children, and we also learn rebellion as children. Isn't this right? God reveals himself also in the church. Family and in the family of God. In the Old Testament, those whom God had chosen were given delegated authority over people, right? The priests were given authority on the process to find God and to get redeemed, right? They were given authority over that process. The prophets were given authority to speak the word of God over nations, over people, over the church. They were given tremendous levels of authority, right? Right? Then we have judges, and judges were given authority over the land and over all these things, and, and he, every person who has authority was had an encounter with God where God gave them that authority. Okay. Are we, are we in agreement? Okay. They had an encounter with God that God gave them, here, I'm going to give you authority. Okay? So where does authority come from? Okay. Kings were given authority over people and land. So God delegates authority in the earth. Would you agree with that? Now, today, God has given authority to those who can humbly receive from others in order to carry His authority in the community of God for the sake of establishing His kingdom. I, I don't have a New Testament reference anywhere. I can't find it. Maybe you can help me find the one place in the New Testament where somebody was called, but they didn't submit to another man. I can't find it. I can't, I just can't find it. When Paul's called, right? Paul has this donkey moment. He's riding on a donkey, and Jesus shows up and calls him. Saves him and calls him. This is what you're going to do. He encounters the authority of the real God. He thought he was serving God, but he wasn't. And then he encounters Jesus, and now he's called. Would you agree with that? He's called. So what does Jesus tell him to do? Go with this man. Go with this man and let him do whatever he tells you to do. Oh, you know, Paul was brilliant. Didn't know if you knew that. Paul's brilliant. And yet, because he met the authority of God, he willingly submitted to a man whose name was only mentioned once in all of Scripture. And after he's done there in Damascus, he then goes where? To Jerusalem to meet with the heads of the church, who then meet with him, test him, and send him. Even Paul, who's appointed by God as an apostle, submitted to men. I've been looking, I can't find it in the New Testament anywhere where God appointed an authority and didn't say, be submitted. Why? Because God wants his authority and delegated authority to operate in community, not in isolation. He wants his authority to operate in community, not in isolation. He wants his authority to flow with power through community. I love the fact that we are all kings and priests. We all have that authority. We all have the power to bind and to loose. We are all in Christ as his bride. We are given authority over demons. We are given authority over disease. We're given authority over despair. We are in Christ that doesn't mean we all have the same measure of faith. And the word measure of faith that's used in Ephesians is the word metron, which means arena, which means the area of influence that you have. We all have a different metron of faith, a different measure that we can use faith in. Would you agree with that? Some of you have areas and arenas of faith and a metron of faith that I am not called to and I am not supposed to touch. Because that's yours. Right? Come on. And it would be way out of line for me to tell you about your Metron of faith when God's moving you into something for me to go, well, I think your Metron should look like this. Or to try and control and manipulate you in some way because I can't see it What's the issue with the church? The reason why most people don't actually connect to a church is because we're afraid of control and manipulation from leaders. Because they have exercised their metron of faith improperly. Oh, that's just me? That's just me. I'm the I'm the only one who struggles with that? Okay, it's just me. All right, that's cool. Lord, help me. I'm preaching to myself again. We have authority as heirs of God, and yet he calls some to be stewards of the sons. He calls some to be stewards of the sons. He calls some to shepherd the flock. He calls some to send people and to receive people. He calls some to oversee the work of the community on the earth as his delegated authority. We see this clearly with the early church. No one acted alone or on an island. And it wasn't perfect. In fact, there were relationships where the apostles would still submit to one another in a beautiful but sometimes contentious manner. Paul calls Peter out in front of everybody. Hey! You're binding people to the law. You need to knock it off. That was a fun dinner. <laughs> right? But because there was honor, Peter repented. Right. Humility and honor will allow you to walk into situations with people that you would never get to alone. You want to know why the church in Bonner County is stunted? Mm -hmm. This right here. Everybody feels like they need to pursue their own thing over a community. Not everybody. That's a bad generalization. Many is a much better term. God's heart is breaking over the body of Christ because we're so full of pride that we can't submit to one another. One of the things that apostles do is they redefine terms. I don't know if you knew that. Um, they'll take a term that's, that's normally viewed in one light and they'll give you a new context for it so that you can begin to see what the kingdom dynamic of the word means. Let me, let me try and do this for you really quickly. The word submission does not mean control. It doesn't mean that if you don't do what they say, you're in rebellion either. Amen. Submission is a heart posture. Submission is a heart posture that is willing to honor authority. One small example. Peter and John are preaching the gospel and they heal the man at the gate called beautiful. And then the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, pull them up and they say, okay, look, you cannot preach the gospel in the name of Jesus. And they said, we honor your authority, but we can't. Okay, well, we're going to warn you again sternly. Don't do it. What happens when they get back to the house? They begin to pray they begin to seek God. And it says that the, as they begin to pray that the house was shaken. Because they honored God's authority and they honored God's, at the time, that religious delegated authority that was there. God moves when we honor authority. God moves when we honor an authority. Now, the hard part for us Is that we want to be the judge of if it's a good authority or a bad authority. And unfortunately, God does not give us that as a decision we get to make. Can I just say, we can honor the office of the president when we disagree with the president, we can honor a pastor even when he gets it wrong. Yeah, everybody should be saying amen. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 Uh huh. Lord's taking me on the humility train. So, God was the one who separated out men and women in the church to be sent to go to start revivals, to encourage the believers and feed the poor. Those that God entrusted the delegated authority to and that God delegated his authority to, they have a responsibility to acknowledge, to support, and to send those who are ready, willing, and able to go. If, Dennis, can I just use you as an example, my friend? I knew you'd say yes, that's why I called on you. So, Dennis is called to the nations, He's called to the nations to bring healing, revival to the nations, specifically Europe. Now, I actually have a responsibility to do everything in my power to support him in that. I have a responsibility to give him the care, the love, and, and the guidance if he needs it in anything that he needs. I, am, I have a responsibility as Someone with delegated authority, I have a responsibility to make sure that Dennis gets to where he's called. So if I say, Dennis, I want you to do this for me and I want you to do this for me and I want you to, because I'm the authority in your life, so I want you to just keep doing all this stuff for me, keep doing all this stuff for me, am I abusing my authority? Yes, I am. Now, do I think that if you serve and get connected and find ways to gather your gifting and get training and get freedom and do some things that we just happen to do in community, do I think that's going to be good for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll encourage people to connect and become members and get involved and take the growth track and do these things because there's fruit that comes with it. But it is not to serve me. Can I just make it plain? There's a vision that God has given Harvest Valley to change this region. And part of that vision means Dennis needs to go to Europe. We launch people. That's our heart. Not to keep them. Not to control them. Not to manipulate them. And I'm saying it as plainly as I can because we have to turn the corner. We got to turn the corner from this absolute break and hesitation to being all in here. We're worried that someone's going to try and control us. It's a lie from the devil. Now, someone might, even me, might confront you on something that seems like it's a little out of line or something's off in your world. Can you just say hallelujah, praise God? This is why we're in the body together. It's like, man, if I'm off, can someone come tell me, please? Yes. Tell me. Kevin has confronted me multiple times on things that he's been concerned about. I love it. And he knows he has the freedom to do that anytime. Because there's trust. He knows I'm not going to put it back on him. Well, this is your issue. Right? Has that ever happened? Never. It's never happened. Why? I'm submitted to an authority, I'm submitted. I'm submitted to God, and I have people in my life that I am submitted to. Real people. Real people that call me out, real people that can challenge me, real people that are willing to say the hard thing, even if they're worried that I might have a negative reaction to it, they're willing to take the risk because they love me. Are you willing to let people confront you (laughs) about where you're off? So often we will avoid it like the plague, like COVID. (laughs) Nothing has changed since the New Testament. We know that that to be true. Jesus has yet to return. All the things that, all the instructions that we have in the New Testament are valid for today, including speaking in tongues and crazy worship and all that kind of stuff, the raising up the banners and, you know, hey, it's biblical, we're going to do it, right? I mean, we could argue ourselves out of spiritual gifts and come up with some theological straw man to say that gifts aren't for today, but Pretty clear, Paul says, do not forbid the speaking in tongues. So if you're angry about, you know, certain things, let's take the whole word of God. Amen? Let me me just say this. I was about to rabbit trail, and thank you, Jesus, I didn't. God's word still calls calls for us to honor those in authority in the church and to carry a heart attitude of submission to those God has placed in authority. I ask people who start ministries and and have ministries that are going and then they're struggling, right? They're struggling. It's not getting traction, right? They they started off and man, it was just boom, 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 and everything was going great, and then it just kind of all starts falling apart, and there's no traction in the ministry and I almost say, well, who's, who's under you? Who's supporting you? The, the old way to say it would have been who's covering you, right? Like the, covering is, is the wrong term. It's support, who's supporting you, who's holding you accountable, who's calling you, who's sent you, who's, who's in your life that's behind you in your process? Well, no, I just heard the Lord. Okay, well, find somebody that you trust to be one to lay hands on you and to support you and guide you and help you when you're going sideways. One of the things that's on my life is strategy and authority. So when people aren't, can't figure something out, they'll come and they'll ask me for strategy. And I'm like, well, where's your heart with authority? I can give you strategy all day, but until that lines up, it's not gonna thrive there's a blessing that flows in submission. There's a blessing that that flows when we lay our lives down to willingly cooperate with fallible people. When we refuse that, and then we wonder why, there's never really any long-term fruit to our ministries. It's because the heart has yet... To shift in that arena. One of the realities is that um, rarely is anyone willing to endure the process of building relationship and living by faith in other ministers who are called to help them become all that God has called them to be. People rarely do it. They rarely do it. They rare, I mean, it is rare to find somebody who's willing to endure the process of building enough relationship up, down. Like, relationships have cycles, right? We got the honeymoon, and then we got conflict, right? And then, hopefully, you've got restoration and a new honeymoon, and then some more conflict, and then some restoration, and another honeymoon, This is the, it's just the cycle of relationships. It's just no matter where you go, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have things go sideways. Are you willing to endure that in order to build trust? Because it's in the restoration that you actually can trust people to help you get to where you want to go. And if you're offended and wounded and hurt because somebody broke your trust, then you need to take that to the father because trust is a choice. Submission often confronts the rebellion in our hearts because we just don't trust God enough to work through fallible people. We make it about us and Jesus alone, but that's not how God said he would reveal the manifold wisdom of God. It was by the ecclesia. Not just you and Jesus. It was by the whole community. God has called the body of Christ to walk by faith. Faith is formed as we trust God in those relationships in which we can't control the outcome. Can we see God at work as we learn to trust those whom he has tasked with caretaking your soul? Hebrews thirteen seventeen is very clear. Obey those who lead or rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls, as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. I love I love the first part of Hebrews thirteen um, because I think it often gets missed. And, and I'm not trying to bludgeon people into submission this morning. Amen? Right? Okay. That's that's not the heart here. So um, in Hebrews 13, verse 7, it says, Remember those who rule or lead you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. you want to know what the next verse is? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. (laughs) So so that verse, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, is to keep you grounded when you're in a relationship of submission. Where's your real hope come from? Not man, doesn't come from me. It's not gonna come from Jim. It's not gonna come from Dennis. It's not gonna come from Mike McGowan. The real real hope that we have is in who he is, yesterday, today, forever. So you know what that allows you to do? Endure for a season. It allows patience to be built in your life for godly character to come flooding out of your heart because you're choosing to walk a path that most won't. Why? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He's the same. I hope you're understanding my heart here because I I, I literally could say I've only preached on this one other time in 10 years. And the reason is because the enemy loves to twist it. He loves to twist this concept of spiritual authority. He loves to take any ounce of rebellion in your heart and go, see, they're just like the others. So I'm always hesitant. But God broke the fear of man off, so it ticks you off. Praise God, we'll pray through it. God's delegated authority is really important because when we look at fivefold ministry, what is the purpose of fivefold? The purpose of fivefold is to equip the body for the work of ministry, to equip you to go do what you're supposed to do. When does it stop? Until we've reached perfection in Christ. We haven't done that yet. So let's continue to posture our hearts in a way to receive, knowing that that the people that, at least in this house, those who have authority in this house, our goal is to serve, not to control. Our goal is to send, not to keep. Right? I hate when people leave without being sent. hate it. Because they lose the blessing that they could have had by having an honest conversation. Point number three. What was point number two again? Right? Number one, we're submitted to the Father. Number two, we learn to live by faith through obedience to authority. And number three, operate submitted to God in your areas of delegated authority. Where God has delegated you authority, you have to operate in submission to the Father. A healthy leader's goal is to lift, build, send, commission, and support the callings, giftings, and dreams of those they serve. In many cases, the leader, unfortunately, is interested in their own glory, their own mission, their own agenda, and how they lead, and they never send. Because they're too focused on themselves to send. So operate submitted to God in your arena of delegated authority. Let me just say, I want no part of abuse, manipulation, holding people back, forcing them not to do what's in their heart and dying a slow spiritual death. I'm not interested. I want no part of it. In the areas where you have delegated authority, whether it is in your home, as a father and a mother, whether it is in your workplace, whether it is in government, wherever it is that God has said, I'm giving you authority in this arena... I want you to fulfill that authority with humility. Lay all of your agenda at the feet of Jesus. Lay all your agenda at the feet of Jesus. Lay all your striving and your need for approval at the feet of Jesus. Let him show you and direct you and guide you. And if you don't feel like you can do that here, Just tell me. It's okay. If you feel like you can operate in your delegated authority and you're going to have the support and everything, then will you just jump in instead of one half in, half out? There's a fruit that comes when we say yes to what God has for us. And there's a fruit that comes when we do it God's way, not our way. And I'm really interested in how the Word of God wants us to be put into the places that God has called us. That's the vision. We're a refuge for healing. We're a launch pad for transformation. I love the uh, drowning swimmers. And the lifeguard gets to them and they're flailing about. They used to say, hit them over the head with your little thing, knock them out, so you could just drag them into shore. Right? Because you don't need them fighting and flailing and dragging you down too. Right? So sometimes church discipline can live, feel a little bit like you just got knocked over the head with something, but it's so that you can actually find healing. If it's to get you to perform, we missed it. If it's to get you to do more, we missed it. We missed it. All right. Are you guys okay? All right. Some of us, we feel like we don't need an authority in our lives to work with, to partner with, or to have in our corner. Let me just say I understand why you feel that way. Many of us, many of you have more gifts, more skill, more capability, and more experience than I have. You may have more understanding of concepts than many people in this room. I get it. I get it. Run to where God has delegated authority and align yourself there and you will find that you will thrive. You will thrive when you go to God's delegated authority in the earth. You will thrive. All those roadblocks that you've had, The minute that you align with God's delegated authority, they might just see it and go, okay, well, I'm gonna pray that off of you. I'm gonna pray that off of you because God has given me a responsibility to make sure you get to where you go. So he might show a leader like myself some things about you that you can't even see about yourself. But if you're willing to come and be taught and molded in some way, shape or form, and there's a lot of great leaders here who do this. Okay? It's not just me. This is a, I'm just speaking in general. So I'm using me as an example. But when you're willing to do that, you will, you will see a dramatic shift in the fruit in your life. A dramatic shift in the fruit in your life. Can I just say, if you're called the community, then you're called the submission. It's a heart posture, not an act of subjugation, which is demonic. I want to go back to the first three points that I mentioned. God has established this house to do mighty things under his might and authority. God is longing to find a people of such great faith that they will lay their lives down for the kingdom. God wants us all to operate in the levels of authority that he has delegated to us. All of us. Saul goes back to the centurion servant. The centurion with the sick servant comes to Jesus, says, will you come heal my servant? Or no. He says, my servant's sick. Jesus says, do you want me to come with you? He says, no. You have authority. You just do it. Why? I'm a man under authority. Since I am under authority, I know how this works. You say the word and it'll be done because he's honoring the authority of Christ. Yeah. Many of us, I'm just going to say something. Bear with me. Many of us are longing to operate in authority because you're called to walk in it. Not it's not a, it's not a bad thing. You're called to walk in authority. And the reason why you're frustrated is because you won't come under one. So, I am not asking anybody to follow me. You need to seek the authority of God on your life. You need to seek, where God, where do you want me to come into alignment and walk in authority and power? And if you're butting up against this, yeah, but I don't need to. Yeah, but I don't have to. Yeah, but we did this activation yesterday about colored lenses, mindsets where we just can't see clearly. Can you just bring that mindset to the Father and say, okay, Chris brought the word this morning and I'm struggling with that. God, what do you have for me? And if I am off, will you tell me? Please. Please. If I miss the boat on this message this morning, tell me. Can you do it with honor? Please? I don't like those other conversations. I've had, I, I'm willing to have them. It's all good. There's power in putting yourself in a position to openly, openly say what you need, what you feel, and what you desire, all while choosing to honor those in authority. You're free to speak. You're free to just say this is where I'm at this is what I'm struggling with these are hard places where I'm running up against something here do you want freedom or not Cuz if you want freedom you'll have the conversation Submission is not about control it's about empowerment it's about the yeses and the noes both Some of us think submission's only about the no and Let me tell you when an authority gives you a yes you are empowered You are empowered when someone in authority gives you a yes. It's crazy good. It's freeing. Because even when you're discovering how to walk out your authority and you're under authority and you're walking out your authority, you're not worried about where you get it wrong because you actually answer to a higher authority. and all of them are lined up under the authority of Christ it is beautiful. There is freedom. So can I just encourage you to pursue God on these issues? Okay, we're going to pray. We're going to seek the Lord. I know, I, I mean, Kanye had to tell me to preach this message this morning. So, you know, why today? I was going to sit on it and just marinate on it. Because I I had a feeling this message might be hard for some people. And why today? Because today's the celebration of rebellion. Today's the celebration of witchcraft. Jezebel is alive today and working. And you know how Jezebel works, intimidating the prophetic word of God? So I actually had to overcome intimidation this morning. I've had to walk through and say, you know what? I'm going to preach this message for this house, but to the region. This is a message for the region to come in alignment with God's authority in the earth because we are struggling to get traction in salvations in this region we got forms of godliness without power we we've got religion without power and the problem with that is we're not aligning under authority we've been doing it in our own authority and we can't do that anymore it is time to turn the corner We will not accelerate without the wheels falling off and crashing horribly if we don't align all the wheels together, in alignment together. And when you understand, when you get it in your heart that submission is about you being empowered to do the thing God's called you to do, you'll willingly jump into that boat. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is not about you not getting what you want. It's not about you being controlled. That's the devil lying to you. So can we break off the lies? Stand with me, will you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How can we do all this? How can we do all this? Well, he loves you. God loves you. He's for you. There's a reason why we say, there's a reason why we say we love you and there's nothing you can do about it, right? Amen. So even if you totally disagree with me today and you're offended at me and you want to read me the right act later, I'm cool, I love you, there's nothing you can do about it. Amen. I don't get my value from whether or not you agree with me. I get my value from a loving father Amen. who has his heart is for me in every little thing. I praise God, I praise God for those desperate moments of submission where it took every ounce of my being to like not be rebellious and tell my authority what I thought. How many emails did I delete? So many. many. (laughs) To tell my leadership where they were wrong to tell my leadership, you're not honoring me and my gift. And the Lord said, no, Chris, you submit. They know better than you do right now. Submit, and I did. And I guarantee you, I would not be pastoring today if I didn't submit. When I stepped back, it was an act of submission. The only reason why I'm here is because I was willing to walk through everything that I walked through, submitted. Submitted to the leaders here, to the leaders in the region, to the mentors that I've called on in my life. I submitted. I am not talking from a place of some grand seat, I struggle with it too but I've chosen, and I hope you can follow me in this, right? Consider, follow their faith and consider the outcome of their conduct. Hebrews 13, 7, I believe God, therefore, I'm choosing submission every day to what God has for me and the people who God has placed in my life, not even the ones I've chosen, the ones he's placed in my life, I'm submitting to them. Will you raise your hands to heaven? Holy Spirit, come, fear go. Fear go, Holy Spirit, come. Fear go, Holy Spirit, come. Fear go, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, will you rain down from heaven right now the love of the Father on every heart? That they can be confident in you, that they can trust you above all others. They don't need to trust men. They can trust you. You are our protector. You're our provider. You're our great reward. So Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. You are the inheritance of your children. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Fill your people today. Father, I pray for anyone who's just battling in their mind over these concepts, God. Holy Spirit, will you just breathe peace over them? We just breathe peace over you right now in Jesus' name. We speak peace to your hearts, peace to your minds. God, I thank you that you empower us to do through your grace things we cannot do on our own, including this. Including this. You empower us to do things that launch us and elevate us that we don't understand, including this. And God, we say yes to you above all else. No matter the cost, God, I say yes to you. And if there be any wicked way in me, if there be anything that is corrupted in my heart today, God, I'm asking that you would reveal it. Reveal it in our hearts. Will you just begin to ask God to reveal if there's anything corrupt in your heart? God, if there's any lens that needs to change, anything in my heart where I'm missing it, Holy Spirit, come and do your work, Holy Spirit. Father, anywhere that our minds have not aligned with your word, we repent, we turn the other way. say, God, change my mind. I abandon that at the feet of Jesus and I say, God, give me your mind. Renew my mind today. Renew my mind. Renew my thinking today. Father, forgive me for glorifying my comfort. Forgive me, God, for glorifying my fear of man over you. Forgive me for letting my past wounds and hurts drive my behavior today. I just say yes to you, Jesus. Come on, will you just in your own way, just say yes to him. Whatever he has for you, just say yes to him. I say yes to you, Lord. Will you, uh, okay, so north, guys, eyes up. North. South, right? Never eat shredded wheat. Okay, north, east, southwest.
0: <laughs>
1: find your find your house. Where's your house? Okay, point your hand to where your house is located, the direction of your house. I guess right this way. <laughs> yeah, we're over here. We're over this way. There you go. There you go, Shirley. All right, We're kind of neighbors. I want you to speak a blessing of God's authority over your home right now. I just speak a blessing of God's authority on my home right now. Jesus, you are the ultimate authority, and I release your authority in my house. Anything that is in my house that does not fit your authority, I command it to go in Jesus' name. I will rise in my delegated authority as a parent, as a husband, as a wife, in my house. I will walk in the authority you've given me in Jesus' name. Put your hand on your head. No, we're not doing the pat swim thing. Father, I just speak life over every mind, that they would walk into freedom. Any area that feels hopeless, we command strongholds broken. We release life into your mind. I command the fog to leave. I command all arenas of rebellion that have been hidden in the heart to come forth and be removed in Jesus' name. We submit to you, Jesus, over all else. I command fear to go and these minds open to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Boy, he loves you. Boy, he loves you. Boy, he loves you. Hey, Dennis, can you come speak on that? on on how following Jesus and the love of the Father what it does for you when you get that Sorry, I just couldn't be
0: done. Talk about being put on the spot. <laughs> it's okay.
1: No, you're you're ready in season and out, Dennis. Yeah.
0: Following, following God and following His heart, there was a time in my life when I chased the dollar. And I knew the Lord, but I, He wasn't the priority in my life. And when I laid my life down back in 2013, the Lord came around me and <laughs> the love of the Father came over me like I'd never experienced in my life because I surrendered everything to Him. Come on. We gave up our home. We gave up our jobs to follow the Lord. And there's been so many firsts in our lives, so many firsts. I wanted to go uh, to Europe my whole life, and I thought I'll probably never go. And the, the minute I said yes to you, God, guess where I got to go to Norway the very first year in school. So... The Father's love has come over me so so much more than I could ever have imagined it because I said yes and I surrendered. When God says surrender to me, like Chris said, it's not something that you're giving up. No. No, you're going in the right direction. It's not giving up. It's getting more, so much more. Come on. So I just release the love of the Father over every person in this building. That His love that His, the awareness of His presence would be heightened in every life here, and that you would feel the love of the Father, and when He asks you to do something, it's so easy. It's not a hard thing, but it's an easy thing because His love is so much greater. The song, Sweetly Broken, I was telling Kevin the other day. It's one of my favorite songs because as God breaks our spirits and our hearts to follow Him, And to have his heart, it's sweet.
1: Mm, It's not bitter, it's sweet.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just release that right now in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Amen. Thank you.
1: Um, Normally we're going to have, we would have some altar ministry time. I just felt like we needed to connect with each other a little bit. So as you leave, say hi to one another, bless each other. Um, If you have questions for me or you want a conversation, just call me anytime. I'm always available. Always. People are, oh, he's too busy. I shouldn't stop that. I've set aside my life for this. Okay? So I set aside my life for you. So just call. Okay? All right. Love you guys. Bless you.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment or you can email us at mediahvwc.com. At Thank you for joining us and we look forward to connecting with you.